The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, uh, courtesy of Border Hawk News. Welcome to the show, my friends, on this March 27th, 2021. The hide item, the hot topic, still continues to be the immigration border crisis that we've got uh, here on the southern border. And uh, now uh, the latest uh, is that uh, there seems to be a very, very strong narrative developing by the uh, uh, by the Democrats of denial. <laughs> it's amazing. They are denying. There was a uh, an article in the Washington Post on uh, uh, on Tuesday of last week, and uh, the, the, these three uh, reporters just went down the line claiming that uh, it was not true, that it was that uh, there was no surge. Uh, I mean, just denying, denying, denying that the that the sun rises in the in in the in the east. I, it's amazing. I mean, just shocking. Um, we've got a great show uh, packed again today. Let me tell you who our our, our guests are and what they're going to be talking about because, uh, I mean, we are shedding a lot of light on this uh, on this issue, and I certainly hope that uh, you guys are sharing uh, this uh, information and sharing the show. Um, First of all, we've got uh, we've got uh, two folks from the Laredo area who I interviewed regarding uh, what they are living through, what they are seeing right there at the border. Uh, Mr. Tyler Krause, who is the uh, a young man who is the uh, Webb County Laredo uh, GOP chairman, uh, young man. I mean, he, a very very young man. He's got to be maybe in his uh, in his late thirties at the best, at the most. But Tyler Krause is going to chat with us, tell us exactly what's going on in his backyard. Also accompanying him is Jose Salazar, a fellow podcaster and friend of mine, who, again, an American of Mexican descent. He's right there in Laredo. He's going to be chatting with us and telling us what he sees. We also have Dave Ray from FAIR, from the Federation for American uh, immigration reform in Washington, D.C. Dave's going to be talking to us e- about uh, the issues in D.C. that are fueling this, uh, that are fueling the the uh, invasion that we've got going on in the south- southern border and what he sees as uh, in, in the coming weeks uh, to remedy, if at all, this uh, this problem. Then we've got a couple of sheriffs. We've been in- interviewing a lot of sheriffs, my friends, because the, the issue... Uh, of the problem uh, it, 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 with the border is not just at the border. It's not just at the border anymore, like my, in the days of my grandparents. This is reaching into mainstream, into middle America, literally. And uh, so we've got uh, two sheriffs. Uh, we've got Sheriff Samuel Page, Sam Page from Rockingham County, North Carolina, who's going to be chatting with us about what uh, what he sees in his own county in North Carolina regarding the issue of, uh, of illegal immigration and crime. Then we've also got another good friend of mine. I mean, this gentleman is a real go-getter. This guy has, uh, has been uh, part of many task forces and has been to the border several times to, uh, to see what's going on. Uh, Sheriff Mike Lewis from uh, Wymaco County, uh, in Maryland, which is like uh, the eastern shore in Maryland, uh, Salis- Salisbury, uh, Maryland. Uh, he's going to be chatting about what uh, he has seen in his own county and what he is seeing and how he's working with other sheriffs around the country uh, to address this issue of illegal immigration. So, my friends, uh, that's what uh, this is what our, our show looks like. Let's go to our first guests. Please, please, please uh, share the program with others. Uh, tell them about it, and, and uh, uh, I mean, tell folks, please, to support our program. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you uh, here at, at the banks of the, in, uh, of the Rio Grande in Laredo, Texas. And we're talking with uh, uh, the chairman of the Webb County Republican Party here in, uh, in Laredo, Mr. Uh, uh, Ryan Krause. 
Tyler Krause, Mr. Tyler Krause, and I want to ask Tyler uh, about the situation that we've got here on the border. We recently, uh, in fact, yesterday, the um, chairman of the Democratic Party here in Webb County and Laredo said that there was no problem, there was no crisis on the border. Tyler, what do you say? What do you think? Well, my position is completely the opposite. We all know that there's a big crisis going on here. Even the Democrats, for example, Henry Cuellar, acknowledged that there's a problem here. He's putting out photos about what's going on at the migrant facilities, and it just shows the hypocrisy on the other side of the political spectrum. They're saying that, you know, back when Trump was president, they were enraged about, you know, all of these cages, kids in cages and stuff. But right now, Joe Biden still has kids in cages, and they're not saying anything about it. And he has them in even worse conditions. They're piling up, I, I believe I saw up to 270 people per uh, small area that they have. Isn't that a, a COVID-19 crisis as well? Those are the questions that I'm asking, too. I think everybody should ask. And, um, you know, it's, it's just the same old, the same old. You know, these people make empty promises and they say things that they don't do. Now, one of the things, uh, there, there are two, there have been two or three major, major com- uh, comments that they've made. Uh, first of all, of course, that there is no crisis. But secondly, that the majority of people talking about the issue, as well as coming down here to photograph it, are people that are not from Laredo. What do you say about that? Well, you know, I, I would say that, you know, there are media outlets that come from other places that photograph it and things like that. But I don't think that anything's being staged. Like they've claimed, like things are being staged. That's not happening. This is real. This is an actual crisis that's going on. And um, I believe I saw, I mean, it's the truth. They like to come at this time of year because it's not so hot. And they're just they're rushing into our country right now. And, and it's going to cause possibly a, a pandemic crisis. And it's, it's going to end up costing our country millions upon billions of dollars because we're going to have to subsidize all of these people that, you know, we have enough to worry about in our country as it is. They, uh, it, it, do you think that uh, the uh, border crisis is a national crisis? Because I think that that's what they're getting at, that there, there is no crisis here and therefore it's a local issue and so everyone ought to mind their own business. But is, is this a national crisis? Oh, of course it is. I mean, it has to be a national crisis for everybody because, you know, we're having to support all these people that are coming in here and we don't have the money for it. You know, our country's already having to print billions of dollars to dig us out of this, you know, hole we're in right now. We don't have enough resources to take care of all of these people. So I think it is, you know, a national crisis. It definitely is a national crisis and we should all recognize it as such. What's, uh, what would you like to uh, conclude? Is there any concluding message that you'd like to give the rest of the uh, people of, uh, of the United States regarding what is happening here in your backyard? Well, what I want to tell them is it is happening, and don't believe the lies of the other people that are saying that it isn't happening because, you know, our hardworking men and women of the Border Patrol and Customs and Border Protection, they can attest to the fact that it's happening. They're not lying about it. They see it day in and day out. And, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of these people are dangerous, too, human smugglers and stuff. You know, a lot of these people, you know, they're, they're people that want to find good work. Okay, we understand that. But a lot of these other people are, you know, criminals, and they will kill you sometimes, you know. So... Tyler Kraus, chairman of the uh, Republican Party here in uh, uh, Webb County in Laredo. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And uh, we're here in Laredo, right at the banks of the Rio Grande. And I've got um, uh, a buddy of mine who is a resident of Laredo, Texas, here. And, uh, he, in fact, he does a podcast, first uh, uh, podcast, first podcast radio, first, pod, first podcast radio. and uh, Javier, uh, or Jose, rather, Jose Salazar. And I want to ask Jose to please... Uh, talk to me about the recent statement by the Democratic chairman of Webb County in Laredo, who says that there is no crisis here in Laredo at the border. What do you think? Uh, it, it's absolutely absurd. Uh, the Silver Bruni, the Webb County chair, said that uh, there is no crisis, there is no smuggling, there is no child trafficking, and uh, everything contrary to what we've seen. We've seen, we, we've looked at uh, CBP uh, graphs that show that there's an increase in, in uh, unaccompanied children. There's uh, single adults that are coming by that have uh, an increase in uh, adults that are coming by. And also when you have the, the, the president spending 86 
a million dollars for hotels and that is not allowing people to take pictures of any of these detention centers, you know that they're hiding something. So that's completely absurd and completely untrue. The uh, one of the things that they've also said is that the people that uh, are involved in uh, in, in the uh, uh, issue of publicizing it uh, are all people from out of out of state or out out, out of uh, not Laredo citizens. Uh, is this or is this not a, a national issue, or is it just a Laredo issue? Of course, it's a national issue. When they're crossing from one country to another, it becomes everybody's business. Whether you live right on the border in Laredo, Texas, whether you live in Eagle Pass, or whether you live somewhere in Minnesota. It is your business what they do with your taxpayers' money. And when you have people coming in who are untested for COVID, some are tested, some are not tested. So it's not a safe situation, but it is everybody's business. So that that uh, that point that also was brought across by Trisha Cortez of the No, no Border Wall Coalition, that is completely absurd, too. Now, the uh, of course, the last thing that, uh, that they've been trying to do is use the race card that, uh, you know, people who want the, ball, the wall, people who want to stop the border, uh, the, the uh, immigration, the illegal immigration, that they're all racists, that they're anti-Latinos. You are of Mexican descent. What do you think? Uh, George, I, I'm, I'm a very dark-skinned Mexican, uh, and I don't have a racist bone in my body. I don't care who comes over illegally, whether they are from the Ukraine, whether they're from Russia, whether they're from Guatemala, El Salvador. I don't care where they come from. If they're here illegally, I want them to respect my laws. And so do a lot of people here along the border who are just as dark as I am, whose name is Lopez Gonzalez Martinez. They also want people to obey the laws of their country. It is our country. And when they're coming into our country, country, they need to obey our laws. You got it. Anything last that you'd like to, to share with the people? Uh, I just want everybody to know that here in Laredo, we do have a strong support for Donald Trump. We do have a strong support for conservative values and for law and order because our families live here. Our families live here. We want, we want them to be safe. We have people who's, who have property along the board, the, the, the river, and uh, their, their fences are broken into. Uh, uh, they have you know groups of 15, 30, 100 people sometimes going through. This is not safe. They have people we don't know if they've been COVID tested because you're talking about the ones that are captured, the ones that are turning themselves in, the ones that are apprehended. But what about the ones who don't, don't, don't get caught? Yeah, who tests them? So that, that I, I think, is something that everybody outside of Laredo needs to know and that we do care about what happens to our border here. Thank you. We've been talking with Jose Salazar uh, here in Laredo, Texas. Thank you very much, Jose. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, and we've got uh, our good buddy, uh, Mr. Dave Ray from uh, FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C., and uh, I wanted to reach out to him so that he can talk to us about the uh, Democrats' bills, I think there were two of them, uh, to address the immigration crisis. And I'm being very facetious when I ask him. I'm being very sarcastic when I ask him. Uh, Dave, welcome to the show, and tell us, what is in those bills that will discourage any illegal immigration, if that is possible? Hey, George, always good to be with you, my friend. Well, you know, so just to set the stage for your listeners, here we are in the middle of the biggest illegal immigration surge in the last 20 years, perhaps even bigger. And how do the Democrats respond? They say the border is sealed, which it's not, and then they pass two massive amnesty bills last week, uh, covering a total of four and a half million people, ranging from DACA recipients, so-called dreamers, to people who are here under TPS, temporary protected status, and so on, uh, basically incentivizing more illegal immigration. Was there a mention in there about border security, about anything to dissuade the current wave of, of those coming in? Nothing. And so what I guess the, the easiest answer is what are the Democrats 
biggest and best solution to illegal immigration, amnesty. That's it. That's how, that's how we're going to do it. Oh, my gosh. You know, again... I remind everyone that in 1986, uh, well, in 1981, I worked in the Reagan administration, and I, along with a lot of my friends from from uh, Heritage Foundation, just argued beyond belief against the 1986 amnesty, which went ahead and went and went. But they claimed that there was going to be a lot of enforcement, that there was going to be a lot of, and it was going to be the only, the only amnesty. Right. Uh, here we are. Here we are. 2021. <laughs> And not only are we doing amnesty, we're doing uh, temporary protected status as well, which, in my opinion, isn't in the form of amnesty. Right. Well, you know, you, you have to look at the, the situation. I mean, Joe Biden on day one, first of all, he campaigned on an amnesty. He campaigned on uh, uh, taking every facet of Trump's incredibly effective border deterrent portfolio and taking a wrecking ball to it, and he lived up to his word. I mean, he fired off umpteen executive orders the first day he was in office completely disassembled every working mechanism we had in place to stop, catch, and release, to uh, deter illegal immigration, to deter asylum abuse, uh, and then lo and bold, you know, let it, you know, a picture says a thousand words, George. Today in Tijuana, Mexico, they are flying a Joe Biden flag. There's a reason for this. AMLO, the president of Mexico, has called Joe Biden the migration president. You know, I pointed out last week, if there's any good news, you know, the, the good news is the president has finally realized we have a crisis at the border. The bad news is it's the president of Mexico, not the president of the United States. <laughs> the president of the United States is stuck in his basement and has no idea what kind of catastrophic situation he's created on the border. We have illegal immigrants streaming in, not being tested for COVID, being placed on buses and shipped throughout the United States. Meanwhile, we have tons of money going into the pockets of the cartels who are, and that in and of itself is going to hugely destabilize Mexico. I mean, the reason why AMLO spoke out, he said, we need to work together to regulate the flow because this business can't be tackled from one day to the next. And we're talking big money here, George. You think about the tragedy that happened a couple weeks ago in Southern California. You had 25 illegal immigrants crammed into an SUV paying $10,000 each, $250,000 for one SUV full of, of illegal immigrants. Tragically ended with a collision with the tractor trailer. Half of them died. Uh, there was a, a, another SUV full of, I think, 15 illegal immigrants that followed them. It burst into flames in the middle of the highway. Uh, thankfully, they all escaped with their lives. But the point is, this is not the way to conduct an immigration policy. I mean, immigration on demand does nothing for the American people. It's not in the national interest. It doesn't take in mind the fact that we're in the middle of a COVID crisis. It doesn't take in mind the fact that we're in the middle of an economic crisis. It doesn't take in mind that we don't have the opportunity to do a background check on the people we're bringing into the country, and therefore we could be endangering the lives of innocent Americans. This is irresponsible of the Biden administration. And for Secretary Mayorkas, I mean, think about this. The top dog, the top immigration enforcement person in the United States several weeks ago makes an announcement to the world's illegal alien population. It's not that we don't want you to come. It's that we don't want you to come now. I mean, what does that mean? Why would we want to encourage anybody to come illegally? We want, we, oh, you know, America is welcoming to legal immigrants. That's not what's going on here. That's exactly right. I mean, uh, trying to figure out uh, what would discourage anyone from coming illegally, never mind legally, because, I mean, in one, in right. one group you've got folks coming in and, and immediately declaring uh, asylum, not even running away from the Border Patrol anymore. But then there are those who are not, uh, who are, who not, do not want to wait are, you know, just, you know, finding other avenues because the, the, the Border Patrol is so busy uh, processing folks. There is nothing to discourage them. What, uh, I mean, what do you think the Republicans are, are going to do about this bill? Do you think that there's enough, or these bills, are they in, are there enough votes to kind of stop it or slow it down at least? The 
Democrats are talking about doing away with the filibuster. If that happens, they're not. The Republicans won't be able to stop it. I mean, that's all they need is 50 votes to get this through. Uh, we all need to keep our fingers crossed that uh, they do not do away with the filibuster because that's the only thing that would stop this in the Senate. I mean, right now in the Valley, things are so bad that in the old days of catch and release, when the Border Patrol would apprehend you, they would fill out paperwork and you would be given an, an asylum steering date. That would be six, eight, nine months, 12 months in the future. They are now so overwhelmed with the wave of humanity coming at them. 6,000 people a day crossing the border illegally, 15,000 kids in custody right now, that they are now thinking about releasing people without so much as a court date. Wow. Now, you know, I mean, in the old catch and release, we know that 31% of the aliens uh, who were released failed to even show up for their court dates. 40% of them never even bothered to file the paperwork. Well, this is going to be 100%, you know, illegal alien catch and release. These folks have no intention of pushing for asylum because they know they won't qualify. They are coming here for economic reasons. Uh, and it's... But the other thing, and this was pointed out by Congressman McCarthy, we keep talking about these are Central American kids. Well, these are mostly not Central American kids. Uh, most of the 6,000 they're apprehending every day are not children, uh, and they aren't from even this hemisphere. We have people coming in from uh, countries that are on the terrorist watch list, like Iran, Syria, Yemen. We have people sneaking in from China. This, this is very very serious, and it's something that uh, the, the government, our government, needs to take seriously if it actually wants to protect us, because uh, this is, is turning into a self-inflicted national crisis. Oh, I, I, it is, I mean, I have seen it. I have gone to the uh, Greyhound station here in San Antonio, and we are, uh, we're over 100 miles away from the border. And the right. folks that are arriving at the at the Greyhound station to transfer to other other buses north, it's right. uh, the number is is horrendous, and it's pathetic. I mean, the people have no idea, no idea where they're going. Yeah, they're not being checked for COVID. And what I fear is going to happen: they're now talking about flying people to the northern border, where they could process them there. But the whole idea is not to dissuade people from coming; it's to make their coming into the into the nation more efficient. And, and let me tell you, I know human nature, George, and the first thing these folks are going to do when they realize the catch and release is not only up and running, that it's on steroids, that they're being flown all over the country at taxpayer expense, there's going to be a lot of phone calls to Central America saying, hey guys, it works real well, better than before even, now's the time to come. That's right. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I can just see the surge that's coming. Uh, I mean, it, it's incredible. It is an open border, regardless of what the Demo how the Democrats want to spin it, as well as their friends in the media. It is an open border. There's no two ways around it. Right. Uh, well, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to see a silver lining, but I don't know what um, what we what we can expect when we can do. Any thoughts? Well, I mean, you know, we have Secretary Mayorkas standing there saying the border is sealed. I mean, if this border is sealed, he and I have vastly different ideas about what sealed means. I mean, what we need, and the Democrats could do this, we need uh, reforms that close some of the asylum loopholes, the TVPRA that makes it impossible to send back uh, unaccompanied minors except if they're from Mexico or Canada. Uh, we need to allow for extended detention of family units. I mean, if you arrive with a child, you're guaranteed to not be held for more than 19 days. And we need to limit uh, the credible fear claims because most of these, the, the, the bar for credible fear is so incredibly low that just about anybody who utters the word qualifies. This is not uh, a good idea. And we need to end this. And But the Democrats have a majority in the House and the Senate. They could end it. Why might they not end it? Uh, is it because they want to turn Texas blue? Could be. Because they see this as, you know, they're losing American voters and they're gaining illegal alien voters. Yep. Their amnesty program. I don't know. It's anybody's guess. But there are ways to fix this. We need 
to put deterrence back on the border. Uh, illegal aliens like you and I are rational decision-making, uh, are rational people who make rational decisions. And if they think that they can't get away with it, then they're not going to do this. That's exactly right. The problem right. is they know they can get away with it, right? That's exactly right. Uh well, Dave, we've been speaking with Dave Ray from uh, the Federation for American Reform, for Immigra- American Immigration Reform in Washington D.C. Dave, thank you very much for taking time to to give us an update of what is happening in D.C. and and how it's affecting uh, all of us. Um, tell the folks how they can follow you guys. Well, check us out. Fair is the nation's premier immigration watchdog group. We're located in Washington D.C. On the web, we're at fairus.org. Uh, we have 3 million members and followers across the country, members, followers, and supporters. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, so your donations to FAIR for membership and other things are 100% tax deductible. You can check us out on Facebook at Federation for American Immigration Reform, and you can check us out on Twitter at hashtag FAIR Immigration. You got it. Thanks a lot, Dave, for taking some time to be with us this morning. You bet, George. Have a great day, my friend. Thank you. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Howdy, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got our good friend, uh, Sheriff Samuel Page, from Rockingham County, North Carolina. And um, he's one of the many uh, good, uh, I can say that, sheriffs from across the country that has um, really, really been speaking out about uh, how illegal immigration impacts on their backyard. So uh, I wanted to get him on and ask him specifically about um, the issue of uh, terminating, the Biden administration possibly terminating the uh, 287G program, the agreement with uh, ICE uh, to detain illegal alien criminals, but also about um, the issue of the warrant service uh, program as well, which also uh, has an impact. Sheriff, thank you for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show. Tell us, first of all, about uh, your thoughts regarding this um, uh, possible termination of the 287G program, and then tell us about the warrant service program. Well, first of all, I think I think you if you terminate a 287G program, that's one way uh, that when persons are criminally charged and identified in, in our country uh, through arrest and they're illegally in our country, that gives us one way to identify and help in the removal process of criminal offenders from our community, thus making our community safer. Uh, back in March of last year, uh, right before the shutdown, uh, myself and uh, our, our organization here uh we're working with the ICE officials, uh, trained, uh, I think it was about 10 of my uh, detention officers and supervisors in the Warrant Service Officer Program. Uh, it was a program that was being developed out of Florida, and uh, we were able to get it here. Uh, it was good to be that we were the first, uh, we were the first Sheriff's Officers in North Carolina to be able to be trained in the Warrant Service Officer Program. And I'm thinking there may be six to 10 uh, agencies, uh, sheriff's offices across North Carolina that are currently trained in that. But basically what it is, is when a person is arrested and it's determined that person's illegally in the country, uh, the, the ICE officials have the authority to issue a what's called a, a, a administrative warrant. It's not, it's not from a judge. It's signed by a supervisor, my understanding, out of uh, ICE. They have authority. That's, that's, that's by the law. And also with that, they issue a criminal detainer. So it gives uh, my my detention staff that are trained in the jail the authority to serve those administrative warrants and and and, and start the process with the detainers. So when a person has completed uh, their time, their sentence, or they're ready to be transitioned out, then we interface like we did before with just the detainers and notify ICE, and they give them up to 48 hours to pick that person up uh, to be removed from our jail. Now. Uh, why? I mean, how, what would be the impact if they terminated these programs? I mean, it seems like we've already got this movement of defund the the police. We've got uh, uh, decriminalization of of crimes all over the place. Uh, now we would do this. I mean, where is this taking us? Well, uh, the thing about it is, is 
is I think is true to say, and this is, and I'm speaking as a person who worked in law enforcement in this county for about 39 years and 23 years, going on 23 years as sheriff, is that if you want to make your community safer, you identify the criminal offenders and you remove them from your communities. That's the way to make your community safer. But the problem is, if the 287G program is done away with, if there's a reduction in the amount of criminal detainers that are issued for persons who are criminally charged and illegally in our country, if you see that, what's going to happen is less detainers, person that's charged, criminally charged, he's illegal in the country, uh, he's given a bond more than likely, and then that person, once they post a bond, they're released back out to the community to reoffend. That's the problem I see. And when people oppose that conversation, uh, my question is, is what, what spirits or background do you have in the criminal justice system not to understand that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, the other issue is, I mean, not only, not only, do, are, are, you know, is this good for our our crime to address the crime in our in our backyard committed by Americans, but here we're opening up the um, the the border for all practical purposes. It is open now, and now this morning they are reporting that the um, that the border patrol is not even doing catch and release and registration anymore. They're just releasing the people automatically. So who knows who's getting in? Well, we've got, we've got to, first of all, I think one group gets ignored the most, and they they stand the most to gain uh, from, from illegal immigration, from human trafficking, and drug trafficking, is the Mexican drug cartel. Yep. And True. they control the border south of the United States. Our, south of our border is controlled. Nobody goes across without uh, the okay and the, and the, and the, and the, and the sign-off by the cartel. You've got several cartel groups along the uh, U.S.-Mexican border, and basically they control the trade uh, areas through there, and particularly the drug trade and human trafficking and, and smuggling trade. And right now, with the influx of, what, thousands of young people coming through from the Central American chain, and I understand as many as 31 other different countries, but coming through, but you hear a lot about, it, about Central America, by, the, by those distractions, it allows, uh, it ties up the hands of the Border Patrol agents on the border that are doing the enforcement down there, and it allows for the drug traffickers to uh, to move their product in, which is uh, the heroin, the fentanyl, the methamphetamines, the drugs that are killing people in my community and across uh, the country. And it, when you hear border issue or border crime, it's not just at the border because what comes through the border doesn't stay there. It goes to North Carolina. It goes to Maryland. It goes to Massachusetts. It goes to other parts of the country. So, again, if we better secure our border, we help to better protect America. That's right. That's right. Tell us real quick uh, about incidents regarding fentanyl in your backyard, because a lot of people just don't don't understand well, that that fentanyl well, is coming seeing, in. We're seeing, uh, up until just a few years ago, we didn't see much heroin or, or, or fentanyl or anything like that. Uh, cocaine and marijuana were one of one of the main drugs that you saw, but uh, following the uh, when the opioid crisis came about and the and prescription medication when that started phasing out and people were educated and there was uh, the enforcement was upped on that and the attention was paid to that. Then uh, the cartel they, they they basically looked at other ways to make money, which was heroin and then subsequently fentanyl. They're very addictive drugs. And the thing is, those drugs are coming into small communities, small and large, and they're killing and taking lives of people with addictions. And, you know, I, I tell people, we all know someone has a family member that possibly has an addiction. And the thing about it is, these drugs are serious because uh, you could be using heroin today, you could get a, you could get a, 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 a shoot up a dose of uh, fentanyl, and you're dead. And, and right now, think about this, we didn't have to do this Five years ago, we didn't we didn't do, have to do this like we're seeing now. All of my deputies, civil control, detectives, uh, detention staff, we carry what's called Narcan. Narcan is a, is, a, is a drug that counters the uh, the dangerous effect of an overdose to reverse that temporarily, so someone can get can get the emergency care they need. But what happens, uh, George? What happens when we run out of uh, excuse me, we run out of Narcan and we don't have that to, to provide? We're going to see a lot of people die. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, it, it, it is it, it is so uh, terrible the things that are happening, and we see that the that the cartels' hands are in, are are involved and, in everything, man. And think about, and you know, we recently uh, had communications. I'm on the National Sheriff's Association Board of Security and Immigration Committee, and we had a tele, uh, well a Zoom meeting uh, a little over a week ago. And I was hearing about the seizures. I think the the, the heroin seizures were up two hundred percent, fentanyl up four hundred percent at the border. Yes. Um, 
got a when you've got a drug trade that's non-taxable, and there's no tax paid on this. <laughs> and, these, and these persons are making estimated between sixty and ninety billion. That's a B billion dollars a year industry. There's 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 a lot going on there. And and again, the cartel. I hope they're listening. But you know, the different cartel uh, membership is just understand this is uh, you're in it for the money. You don't care about human life. You don't care about these young people that people are putting their kids or young people in uh, in the hands of the coyote and your your associates. You don't care. All you want to do is make the money off of victimization. Uh, we've got, my understanding, we've, we've a lot of the girls that come through are sexually assaulted or abused. Uh, there's potential when the person's hit the United States and get into the desert areas, some are left behind to die in the desert. When you talk to a sheriff and they say, we've got unidentified bodies we're finding out in our desert areas and, and the areas along the border area when people are coming in, it's like it's moving a commodity. It's 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 they're not human beings. It's a commodity, and they're just trying to make money. And and I said this during the during the Trump administration. I talked to some of the officials. We need to declare the Mexican drug cartel a terrorist organization, so therefore we can put the resources necessary to put them out of business. Amen. And look what happened recently, George. I read a great article that down down in Mexico City, what fourteen police officers yes. were murdered. Yes, sir. Murdered and stacked up and shot up and murdered in their country. You know what? The bad things that happen south of the border, we don't need that here in America. Right. But if we don't secure our borders, we fail to secure our borders, every sheriff in America will become a border sheriff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Sheriff, thank you very much for taking time to be with us today. we we got to get you back on again. George, I appreciate it. I, I, I know I talk a lot, but, but I'm, I'm very passionate. And, you know, I care about my community. I care about my country. Uh, again, public safety, national security, and human rights should be the top priority with government right now securing that border. You got it. You got it. We're talking with uh, Sheriff uh, Sam Page from Rockingham County, North Carolina. Be safe, Sheriff, and, and your men, too. Thank you so much, and you have a great day. You, too. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got our good friend, Sheriff Mike Lewis from Wicomico, Wicomico County. Did I, Wicomico County? How did I say it again Howdy, for me? Wicomico, George. Wicomico. Good job. Wicomico County, Maryland. And uh, Sheriff Lewis he has been working on the issue of immigration and crime uh, with various sheriffs across the nation. I wanted to get him on because uh, today, Tuesday, uh, March 23rd, the Washington Post actually published a, a, a uh, report that says that there is no problem with a migrant surge on the southern border. Okay, That there is no problem with illegal immigration at the southern border. Now, Sheriff, you've been studying this. You've been working with sheriffs. You've been uh, part of uh, task force. What do you think? Tell us. Talk to us. You know, George, let me give you a little bit of background for our listeners. I am a 37-year veteran of law enforcement, 22 years as a Maryland State Trooper. I'm currently in the middle of my fourth consecutive term as sheriff of Wicomico County, Maryland. And geographically, we are located approximately two hours east of Baltimore. We are on the coast near the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, we live in a little area known as the Chesapeake Bay region or the Delmarva Peninsula, which is a combination of Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. It is a small peninsula just east of the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. Here, we have seen a, a massive increase in, uh, in immigration. Some of it is legal immigration. The bulk of it is illegal immigration. And while I have always welcomed legal immigration because we are a country made up of immigrants, uh, I certainly uh, reject illegal immigration. Um, I want everyone to have a, a path 
been in this country legally first, not illegally. And having been involved as sheriff for the last 15 years in immigration issues, I can tell you firsthand that right now what we see going on on our southwest border, I just read a Washington Post article uh, that says we are currently not facing a migrant surge. They're saying there is no migrant surge. Well, I'm here to tell you last month I was down in Phoenix uh, specifically. I was in Pinnell County. I was in Maricopa County. And I ended my day over in Cochise County. And uh, there has been an enormous surge on our southwest border. I mean, they are apprehending in excess of 3,000 illegal migrants a day. A day. Oh, my 3, gosh. 3,000 a day. <laughs> so that's that's well over, it's well over 90,000 a month. The average is approximately 100,000 a month right now. So to say that there is no migrant surge is absurd. It's ludicrous. Even a blind man can see what's going on down our southwest borders right now. You know, to deny we have a migrant surge and they are currently trying to defund the police. And as the president said today, President Biden, now he wants to take away our firearms based on what happened out in Boulder, Colorado uh, last night. You can see what's going on in our country right now. Taking our guns at a time when we've got all these illegal criminal aliens, uh, a huge influx into the United States. And we're just literally a small portion coming in. There are many more that are getting in undetected, unmolested, and unabated. Why? Because we don't have the resources. We don't have the technology deployed on our border right now. It's been shut down. They've stopped the border wall. Major mistake stopping this border wall, as you well know. We will never have homeland security in our great country until we have border security. We will never have homeland security. Right now, they are coming into this nation undetected, unmolested, unfettered, for the most part, the Border Patrol is doing all they possibly can to contain what's going on. And honestly, when I was down there last month, I saw Border Patrol agents sitting along the roadway, but I was told, and I was riding with Sheriff Mark Lamb, that they'd been told to stand down. They were not even working the checkpoints. The checkpoints were inoperable when I was down there. They were sitting strategically along the roadway, but I saw zero enforcement action. I saw zero agents out stopping cars or working with anyone coming into the United States, and it was very disheartening, to say the least. That's that, You know, that really, really is, is disgusting that, um, you know, I have heard also that uh, reports from, from Border Patrol agents that um, – they have uh, been told that they can't uh, arrest anyone, uh, and now they're not even. Pro- in some cases, they're not even processing people. They used to at least take their names, but now they're just, uh, you know, stopping them and I guess saying hello and letting them go. Absolutely, that's exactly what they're doing. And this is on our southwest border, George, where we know that the Mexican drug trafficking cartels have perfected their smuggling transportation of illegal narcotics from Mexico and further south, from Colombia, bringing it into the United States. The Colombian drug traffickers learned a long time ago, back in the 90s, of course, when um, Pablo Escobar was killed in a shootout down in Colombia. They, they worked very closely then with their Mexican allies to perfect the system, getting the dope into the United States. And the Colombians finally said, listen, we'll get it to you guys. We'll let you guys assume all the risk getting into the United States because the United States today, we are by far the largest consumers of illegal narcotics in the free world. While we Americans only make up 7% of the world's total population, George, 68% of the world's total drugs are consumed here in the United States every year. It's about a $420 billion a year industry. And the weakest link is the transportation of it when they move it from South America, Central America, into the United States. And right now, our southwest border is the number one method of smoking illegal narcotics into the United States. For years, it's been through the Caribbean, coming into South Florida, but with the heavy emphasis down in South Florida, with the Border Patrol and the DEA, they've moved their operation to the southwest border since, as you well know, because Biden has made it very clear. Come on into the United States. We welcome all immigrants. We're not going to put your children in cages, and they've done exactly the opposite of what they said they were going to do since he's taken office. And this is, without a doubt, a crisis on our southwest border. This is not political propaganda. Our nation is very vulnerable right now. We are at tremendous risk of the illegal cartel members coming to the United States, bringing multi-tons of cocaine, methamphetamine, and marijuana into the United States, not to mention all the other nefarious actors who are coming in through our weakened southwest border. 
Now, yeah, you have you've uh, studied and, and, and looked at the cartels quite a bit. Um, would you consider them terrorist organizations, Sheriff? Without a doubt, I've always said that drug trafficking cartels should be designated as a terrorist organization. You know, in, in January of 2019, just two years ago, I attended the trial of El Chapo in Brooklyn, New York. You know, there were only 48 seats in the gallery, and there were hundreds of people in overflow rooms. But I, I managed to get priority seating in the courtroom each day to hear testimony in the El Chapo trial. And I was sitting a few feet from El Chapo, who spoke to me each day when I came into the courtroom. And I'm here to tell you right now, listening to his paramour, listen to the paramour, number one, then listen to his top lieutenants, they called them secretaries, testify against him in the courtroom. They were government witnesses. When I heard some of the testimony they offered during the trial as to how they were smuggling all the dope into the United States and how they were executing police officers, they had a method how they killed cops. If a cop could not be bribed, they considered them a bother and they had to go. They made it very clear, never kill a police officer with a rifle. It looks like a professional cartel hit. Always shoot them with a handgun. That way it looks like a gangbanger hit and you will bring less attention onto our cartel. So we, and I heard this myself firsthand during a trial in Brooklyn, New York, of El Chapo, Hakeem Guzman. And this is something that has, without a doubt, been the largest concern for me are these cartels that are seemingly coming into the United States every day, undetected, unmolested, and they are absolute terrorists. It's the greatest threat to our nation today is the overwhelming amount of illegal drugs entering in the United States. Uh, incredible. It, it is It is just really... And, 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 you know, one of the sad things about this, Sheriff, is that, is that so many of the mainstream news, news uh, organizations uh, either ignore it or just, uh, I mean, it's, it's not an important uh, topic to them. Well, as you well know, George, they ignore it because it doesn't fit their narrative right now. It truly does not fit their narrative right now. You know, we Americans have an insatiable appetite for illegal narcotics. We've got all kinds of money uh, for discretionary spending. And unfortunately, we do have a nation of addicts. And the Mexican drug trafficking cartels have vowed to saturate the United States with illegal drugs, especially crystal methamphetamine, which is a widely preferred drug in North America, particularly uh, in, in central uh, United States. And in, in, in our heartland, Oklahoma, it, it's, it's a drug that has destroyed so many families. But now cocaine, the Mexican cartels, any organization right now that we're working in Maryland, in New Jersey, in New York, you can rest assured they are Mexican drug trafficking organizations. You have smaller organizations, but they are all connected to Mexico. Why? Mexico supplies it the cheapest, the purest, the most highest quantity and quality of illegal drugs you're ever going to get are going to be coming from the Mexican cartels. It's no different than all these states here in the United States that are legalizing recreational marijuana right now. The governments are, government is taxing it. States are taxing it. They're putting it in dispensaries. They have local grow operations all over the state of Maryland right now. Well, guess what? It means nothing because the Mexican cartels are still bringing large shipments of marijuana in here every single day at a cheaper price higher quality, much greater. Anytime you quantitate marijuana, if the THC content is by far better now than it's ever been, Maryland's going to regulate it. The Mexican cartels are not. They're going to manage it, they're going to sell it, and they can always sell marijuana cheaper of much greater quality, higher THC content than what our government can. Legalization's not the answer, because the Mexican cartels through the black market are undermining everything individual states are doing right now in our nation. So legalization is not the answer. The Mexican cartels are still bringing it in cheaper and better quality than our government can supply their own people. Wow. The answer. And, you know, that, it, it, I'm glad you're shedding some light on it because I've always wondered, you know, I mean, the state of Colorado uh, was one of the first ones to, uh, to pass and, and to uh, legalize marijuana, yet uh, the uh, amount of uh, marijuana from the, uh, from the southern border continues to, um, to uh, come in. So I, I didn't understand. Well, I, I didn't understand that, that market there. You know, any, anybody who's in the interdiction business in this country will tell you that the Mexican cartels dominate drug trafficking here in the United States. They dominate the industry by far, and they can supply much better, much cheaper, of a higher quality and higher purity level, much greater THC content than what our own government can. And it's always going to be much cheaper. Everybody's going to continue to deal with the Mexican cartels. You got it. Sheriff, uh, real quick, what do you think... I mean, if you had a magic wand, what do you think we need to do? We've got to secure the border. We have to secure the border. We have to get the Customs and Border Protection. 
agents the authority to properly execute their duties to secure this nation. Homeland security is paramount importance right now. This country is very vulnerable. And this surge that we see going on on our, our southwest border right now, as, as you well know, as this country well knows, is the largest surge we have ever seen in the illegal immigrant uh, migration. And they're coming in in droves because Biden made it very clear, should he be elected, he would welcome all immigrants. And, and seemingly, they're doing very little to stop the crisis. You know what I can't help but think about? They've got FEMA deployed down there. They, they don't want to call it a crisis. The Washington Post doesn't want to call it a crisis. But when do we deploy FEMA? We deploy FEMA when it's a disaster. And this is not a natural disaster. It's a man-made disaster based on policy by the Biden administration. It is a man-made disaster, and we have deployed FEMA on our border. They only get deployed during disasters. Yeah, that's true. Very, very true. If it's not a disaster, what is it? <laughs> exactly. Oh, gosh. Sheriff, we could talk to you for, for forever. Thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Folks, we've been, we've been talking with, uh, with, with Sheriff Mike Lewis from uh, Wycombe County, Maryland, and I really, really, you, you're doing a great job. Tell your folks to stay safe, please, please. Thank you, please. George. I appreciate all you do for our nation and for our listeners, and keep doing what you're doing, my friend. I'm here whenever you need me. You got it. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, George. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Thank you for being with us again today, my, my friends. Please tell all your um, friends out there to uh, to uh, support our program, tell them about our program, share our program. Uh, the podcast can be easily found either at my website, El George Rodriguez, El Conservador. It can be found on the Facebook page. It can be found on MeWe. It can be found on uh, on the KLUP El Conservador uh, uh, net uh, page, web page. My friends, please tell folks about our program. Please share it. And, for, and please, please, please support us. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, courtesy of Border Hawk News. Thank you for being with us today. Uh-huh.